We've been talking about faith on Wednesday nights, and tonight we're going to continue in that, and we're going to reach out and, and kind of stretch. Hey! Right on time. We're going to reach out and kind of stretch to exactly what, what faith is and, and kind of a, a different avenue when it comes to faith. Uh, whenever we talk about faith, we, we talk about having to have faith in prayer and having to have faith whenever we ask God for forgiveness. But a lot of times whenever we talk about worship, we don't talk about faith. Uh, and worship is something that is viewed in so many different directions that no two people are going to have the same exact view on it. If we went around the room, and I'm not going to do it, don't get nervous. If we went around the room and everybody got asked, what is worship to you? Every single person would answer something, and it was good while it lasted. Everybody would answer something a little bit different. Every, everybody has a different idea of worship whenever it comes down to worshiping God. Uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10... Get your flashlight back on. Read one verse in verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31. The Bible says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whenever it comes to worshiping God, that is no exception. Whenever we worship God, we're doing it for the glory of God. But we have to do it through faith. In order to do that, we have to believe in a God. We have to have faith in a God. We have to believe that, that we are reverence. And a definition that I found, and it wasn't in Webster's, but I think this definition kind of fit a little bit better. A definition that I found for worship says assigning a worth or value to something or someone. And then out of respect, gratitude, affection, devotion, and reverence, bowing one's life before that someone or something. Worship consists of several different things. Where I grew up in church, worship was showing up and like Brother Tim said, singing victory in Jesus and I'll fly away. Our song was mansion over the hilltop every Sunday morning. Still right now, uh, this coming up Sunday, I, I, I think that they're probably going to sing mansion over the hilltop once again. I know that song by heart over and over and over again. Uh, but worship to, to me as a kid was showing up to church, sitting in a pew and singing. Whenever I got to college, my mind was blown because worship at the First Baptist Church of Ruston's second service, which is their more contemporary service, there were people in there raising their hands up, and I'd never seen that before. And whenever I first saw somebody worshiping God and, and raising their hands, it totally and completely blew my mind because that was something that I had seen in an apostolic church that I went to. Pentecostal. Pentecostal. The, the apostolic church chapel is where we went and it was a Pentecostal church and they had their hands raised and that's the only place that I'd ever seen it done before we went to that, that church in Ruston and so whenever I first went it, it kind of threw me off and it wasn't a week or two later in Bible study brother Justin Shipley who's back up at Ruston now he was a youth pastor there he, uh, he talked about worship a little bit and he said the Bible says to raise your hands and it blew my mind I, I'd, I'd never thought about it before I'd never read the verse in Psalms where the Bible says to raise your hands me and Emily went to a Chris Tomlin concert at the First Baptist Church of Covington a year or two ago, and people in there were raising their hands in worship. People were standing up. People were shouting hallelujah. And in a backwoods missionary Baptist church that I grew up in, people didn't shout hallelujah in the service. But to some people, that is their form of worship. To others, being able to, to raise their hands and to physically show worship is their form of worship. Like I said, everybody's going to have one just a little bit differently but all worship consists of a couple of things. And one of those we look at here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 is that we do it for one purpose. Everybody worships something. Everyone. If, if they're an agnostic, they worship something. If, if someone is an atheist, they worship something. If someone is a Catholic or a Pentecostal or, or a Baptist, everybody's going to worship something. At some point in our life, we, we may find ourselves worshiping multiple things. The kids that I teach in school worship athletes and singers and actors. And, and whenever I say that, they, they're like the definition said, they're bowing their life to that person. They are trying to mimic them. They are trying to do what they can to be like them. They are trying to, to put posters on their wall and, and listen to their music all the time because they are literally worshiping that person. So whenever it comes to us worshiping God, do we dive off into God as much as we dove off into Alan Jackson whenever we was kids? Or for some of y'all, it may have been the Beatles or Elvis or however old you may be. Do we dive off into worshiping God as much as we dive off into worshiping 
a contemporary music artist? Do we put posters up? Do we enjoy going to the house of God as much as we enjoy going to movies? It may be because we, we truly don't worship God the way that He commands us to. There are several parts to worship. And one of this is, is an outward showing of worship. And the Bible says that anything that we do, we're to do for God. We're to do it for Him, for, for that purpose. And that is because He is worthy of our worship. If He wasn't, we wouldn't worship Him. But he is. He's given us everything we have. He's given us above and beyond. He gave us every bit of 60 seconds of electricity just a minute ago just to get our composure before the lights went out again. He's took care of us all through umpteen dozen storms that we've been through, some of you more than mine. He's took care of us through personal storms. He took care of us through salvation whenever he sent his son, Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. Regardless of how we may try to wrap our mind around it, Jesus and God is worthy of our worship. And so the outward appearance in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to flip over and read it in the book of Psalms in chapter 95, Jesus and, and God is worthy of our worship. And a lot of times we do this through enthusiasm. One very important point when it comes to being able to worship God is singing with enthusiasm or worshiping with enthusiasm. Has anyone ever heard someone sing and they knew that their heart wasn't in it? It, it happens often. Especially whenever it comes to, hey, 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 come up here and sing. And somebody grab you by the arm and you go up there and like Brother Randy said, you say, watermelon, 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 watermelon. That's what he told me to say when I didn't know the song the other day. And, and a lot of times whenever we begin to worship and we're not enthusiastic about what or who we're worshiping, other people can tell. And that can have a negative impact, especially when it comes to a worship service of God. And so one thing that, that has to be included in true worship of God is enthusiasm. If he's not worthy of our enthusiasm, he's not worthy of our worship. They're one and the same. And I'm not saying that everyone's form of worship is jumping up and down and shouting hallelujah. Now, that's the way we should feel. That's the way I should feel. And, and I hate that, that that's not my form of worship. I may jump up and say hallelujah this Sunday just to wake everybody up. But God is worthy of that. God is worthy of us enthusiastically worshiping Him and not being, quote-unquote, forced to stand up and, and to sing to worship God. This is, should be something that we enjoy. Miss Tommy said something, and I hadn't been here but a week or two, and, and somebody had asked her to sing, and she said that, that years ago she made her mind up not to reject an opportunity to sing anymore, that if somebody asked her to sing, that she would do it. And she has, and she, she does a wonderful job, and she enthusiastically praises God with the gift that He has given her. And she don't turn it. She don't turn it down. She don't shy away from it. And, and several times in my life, I found myself shying away from worshiping God. Being able to worship gives us two things: it gives us a greater respect and reverence for God, and the other, it gives us a mission to get the word of God out. Some of the greatest mission work that's, that's ever been done has been simply through music. And I'm a very gospel type of person. My wife grew up a little bit more contemporary than me. If y'all don't know who Skillet is, I'm going to introduce you. He is a Christian rapper. And he raps Christian music. And whenever I print out the lyrics and I read them, then I understand what they're saying. But whenever he's singing, I can't understand it at all. His mouth moves way too fast. But the lyrics are solid. The lyrics are worship songs. He just presents it in a different form. A lot of the singers today incorporate a lot of music, a lot of band, a lot of drums and guitars and whatnot into their music as part of worship. And, and it's not all good. Some of it is done for show, and that's, that's when it's done wrong. But whenever it's done to truly worship God, that, that type of music can reach out and grab people that sometimes victory in Jesus can't quite reach. In other ways, especially in Dollywood, we used to go up there in October for the week of the fair whenever they had their October singing and everybody was up there. And several times we went up there and I didn't ride. I went and I sat in the cool, it was October, it was 100 degrees. I sat in the cool auditorium and I listened to Gold City and Kingdom Airs and Legacy 5 and everybody who was up there. And that was my kind of music. That was worshiping God for me. And there were people in there holding their hands up and you could tell they were enthusiastic about it. And one of the greatest concerts that I ever saw, and I saw it on YouTube, I wasn't able to be there in person, but my grandparents went, and it was the Inspirations. And I don't, I have no idea who the little man was, but it was the little mini man that sings really, really high for the Inspirations. And Papa Aubrey always talked about him. They loved to go and see him. And he said that, that you could tell that that guy loved to worship God. Some people love to sing, to be heard. 
There's a lot of people like that. There's some famous people like that. They like to sing to be heard. If we sing because we want the recognition, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want people to think of us better, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want to stand in front of the church, then we're worshiping God wrong. But if we sing because we are enthusiastically praising our God and Savior, then we are worshiping God right. That is the point behind worshiping God. And, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but in Psalms in chapter 95, we're going to read verse 1 to 7. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise on the ro- of, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, a king above all gods. It says here that he is worthy of our praise. It, it, he is. That's it. That's it. He is. I don't know how else to put it. God is worthy of our praise. And it says to make a joyful noise. It don't say that we got to be perfect. It don't say that we have to, to hit every single note because I don't hardly ever. And my wife elbows me every time I miss it. And, and some people who are more professional when it comes to hearing music can tell whenever that, the, that piano player hits the wrong key. And, and some people can catch that. I can't. But if we start nitpicking on that little bitty thing, then, then we're missing the joyful noise. If there's no joy in our worship, then we're missing half of our worship. Enthusiastically worshiping God requires joy. And sometimes we have to be reminded of what we're to be joyful about. Sometimes we have to be reminded of where our joy lies. It says, O come, verse number six, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, worship. God. In Psalms, we, and I'm just going to read them to you. I'm not going to turn and read for the sake of time. In Psalms, we read of different ways that we are to worship. In Psalm 95, it says that we are to bow down. In Psalm 105, it says that we are to seek God's face. In Psalm 33, it says that we are to wait for God. In Psalm 27, it says we are to dwell in his house with praise. In Psalm 134, here we go. The one that I never found, that I never saw, that I never thought about, it says we are to lift our hands in praise. I've still never done it because I was self-conscious standing in church whenever everybody else was lifting their hands. I've never done it before. It was something that was strange to me. That was weird to me. But Psalms tells us to lift our hands in praise. To lift our hands in praise toward God. Showing God reverence. Showing God respect. Showing God fear. In Psalm 47, verse number 1, it says, Shout to Him with praise. It don't say scream hallelujah all the time, but it says shout to God in praise. And sometimes we have to sing and worship God on our own. But to worship God as a congregation, to worship God as a people, means that we come together in one place at one time with one thing on our mind. And that is the kingdom work of God. And part of that includes praising Him. And in Psalm chapter 104, it says that we are to sing to God. And thank God that this church does an awful lot of that. Like Brother Ed said, we can get an hour done of singing in 30 minutes and then do a great job of it. The, the gifts that God has granted this church as far as singing goes and being able to lead singing is, is absolutely wonderful. But uh, we have to be very careful that we are worshiping God with enthusiasm. There was a song as I was studying I was listening to and, and I had to write it down. It's by Legacy 5 and it's called Ask Me Why. Uh, and it's a, it's a very neat song. It's a touching song if you go and listen to it. But the chorus goes like this. It says, ask me who, and I'll tell you it's Jesus. Ask me how, and I'll tell you it's the blood. Ask me where, and I'll take you to Calvary. Ask me why, and I'll tell you it's love. If somebody asks you why you're raising your hand to God, tell them it's because you love Him, because He is worthy of our worship. If someone asks you why you shout hallelujah, tell them it's because you love God that much, and it is. But if you bring a rattlesnake in church, I'm leaving. It's not going to happen. But we can shout, we can, we can praise God, but I, but I don't do snakes. That, that's a, taking it a little bit too far from me. But we worship God enthusiastically. We worship God with a purpose. We worship God believing. Worship is not something that, that we always do. It is a mindset and it is an attitude that we have to have. We can show up to church, and, and I've, I've, all my life I've, I've shown up to church, and it seems like if you have a bad attitude when you go into church, you're going to have a bad attitude when you come out. But if you go into church, going through the doors of the church, you're to shed the outside problems. You're to leave them there. You're to give them to Jesus, and you're to come into the church to worship God. 
And you'll leave there feeling like a new man. It is absolutely wonderful what worshiping God, what singing to God. And, and even as, as a kid, whenever I'd have a bad day, we'd get a machete and we'd go chop down a path in the woods. I mean, we'd run through the woods and we cutting path. And we would sing gospel songs whenever we got in a bad mood and we would cut trees. And it was therapy. Oh, was it therapy. We worshiped God and, and whenever we came out, we was, we was a different person. And yes, it took a little bit of physical aggression to get that out, but it took a little bit of help from God too. And by the time we were finished, we were singing and we wasn't swinging anymore. By the time we were finished, we were singing to God and, and the physical aggression was gone. It was only praise and worship then. Singing on the lawnmower can take you from a, a place where you're down, where you're discouraged, to a place that you feel a little bit closer to God. Well, worship is extremely important where the Bible says we're two or more are gathered together. Worship is extremely important in that case, but we can worship God on our own. Worship must be a behavior. It must be an attitude. It must be something that is, is acted out. If we sit in a seat and uh, Brother Scott Justice said the other night in one of his sermons, he said, I don't mean to offend anybody because some of you in here like this. But if you're sitting in church with your hands crossed and you're looking at your watch every 10 minutes, then I'm afraid you're here for the wrong reason. And we are. If we sit in church and, and even if we can't sing to the right tune or, or there's a lot of songs that I can't get high enough that... that uh, we just got to wing it. But worshiping God don't mean that I get high enough. Worshiping God means that I have an attitude, that I have a behavior, that I have a, a, a that I worship God in spirit and in truth. I worship God with all of my heart. I worship God with everything that is within me. I worship God with all of the gifts that He has given me. I worship God with all of the, the problems that I may have. I worship God with everything that is within me, and God will accept that. And as long as we concentrate on Him, as long as we do it for Him, as long as we're sitting in church for Him, as long as we're singing for Him, as long as we're doing everything for the glory of God, then we are truly worshiping God. And I hope and pray that we can continue as a congregation, as a church family, as a people, to, to worship God in spirit and in truth each and every Sunday and Wednesday night, even if we don't have electricity, even if the, the crowd's a little slim, we can still Worship God. We can still praise God. And so I appreciate the presence of each one this afternoon. I appreciate the effort that was put forth to, to make it to church. I understand that it is. we've been talking about faith on Wednesday nights, and tonight we're going to continue in that, and we're going to reach out and, and kind of stretch. Hey! Right on time. We're going to reach out and kind of stretch to exactly what, what faith is and and kind of a, a different avenue when it comes to faith. Uh, whenever we talk about faith, we, we talk about having to have faith in prayer and having to have faith whenever we ask God for forgiveness. But a lot of times whenever we talk about worship, we don't talk about faith. Uh, and worship is something that is viewed in so many different directions that no two people are going to have the same exact view on it. If we went around the room, and I'm not going to do it, don't get nervous. If we went around the room and everybody got asked, what is worship to you? Every single person would answer something. And it was good while it lasted. Everybody would answer something a little bit different. Every, everybody has a different idea of worship whenever it comes down to worshiping God. Uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, get the flashlight back on. Read one verse in verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 31. The Bible says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whenever it comes to worshiping God, that is no exception. Whenever we worship God, we're doing it for the glory of God. But we have to do it through faith. In order to do that, we have to believe in a God. We have to have faith in a God. We have to believe that, that we are reverence. And a definition that I found, and it wasn't in Webster's, but I think this definition kind of fit a little bit better. A definition that I found for worship says, Assigning a worth or value to something or someone. And then, out of respect, gratitude, affection, devotion, and reverence, bowing one's life before that someone or something. Worship consists of several different things. Where I grew up in church, worship was showing up, and like Brother Tim said, singing victory in Jesus, and I'll fly away. Our song was mansion over the hilltop every Sunday morning. Still, right now. Uh, this coming up Sunday, I, I, I think that they're probably going to sing Mansion Over the Hilltop once again. I know that song by heart over and over and over again. Uh, but worship to, to me as a kid was 
showing up to church, sitting in a pew, and singing. Whenever I got to college, my mind was blown. Because worship at the First Baptist Church of Ruston's second service, which is their more contemporary service, there were people in there raising their hands up. And I'd never seen that before. And whenever I first saw somebody worshiping God and and raising their hands, it totally and completely blew my mind. Because that was something that I had seen in an apostolic church that I went to. Pentecostal. The the apostolic chapel is where we went. And it was a Pentecostal church. And they had their hands raised. And that's the only place that I'd ever seen it done before we went to that that church in Ruston. And so whenever I first went, it kind of threw me off. And it wasn't a week or two later in Bible study, Brother Justin Shipley, who's back up at Ruston now, he was a youth pastor there. He, uh, he talked about worship a little bit. And he said, the Bible says to raise your hands. And it blew my mind. I, I, I'd never thought about it before. I'd never read the verse in Psalms where the Bible says to raise your hands. Me and Emily went to a Chris Tomlin concert at the First Baptist Church of Covington a year or two ago. And people in there were raising their hands in worship. People were standing up. People were shouting hallelujah. And in a backwoods missionary Baptist church that I grew up in, people didn't shout hallelujah in the service. But to some people, that is their form of worship. To others, being able to to raise their hands and to physically show worship is their form of worship. Like I said, everybody's going to have one just a little bit differently. But all worship consists of a couple of things. And one of those we look at here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 is that we do it for one purpose. Everybody worships something. Everyone. If, If they're an agnostic, they worship something. If, if someone is an atheist, they worship something. If someone is a Catholic or a Pentecostal or, or a Baptist, everybody's going to worship something. At some point in our life, we, we may find ourselves worshiping multiple things. The kids that I teach in school worship athletes and singers and actors. And, and whenever I say that, they, they're like the definition said, they're bowing their life to that person. They're trying to mimic them. They're trying to do what they can to be like them. They are trying to to put posters on their wall and and listen to their music all the time because they are literally worshiping that person. So whenever it comes to us worshiping God, do we dive off into God as much as we dove off into Alan Jackson whenever we was kids? Or for some of y'all, it may have been the Beatles or Elvis or however old you may be. Do we dive off into worshiping God as much as we dive off into worshiping a contemporary music artist? Do we put posters up? Do we enjoy going to the house of God as much as we enjoy going to movies? It may be because we, we truly don't worship God the way that He commands us to. There are several parts to worship. And one of this is, is an outward showing of worship. And the Bible says that anything that we do, we're to do for God. We're to do it for Him, for, for that purpose. And that is because He is worthy of our worship. If He wasn't, we wouldn't worship Him. But he is. He's, he's given us everything we have. He's, he's given us above and beyond. He gave us every bit of 60 seconds of electricity just a minute ago just to get our composure before the lights went out again. He's took care of us all through umpteen dozen storms that we've been through, some of you more than mine. He's took care of us through personal storms. He took care of us through salvation whenever he sent his son, Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. Amen. Regardless of, of how we may try to wrap our mind around it, Jesus and, and God is worthy of our worship. And so the outward appearance in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to flip over and read it in the book of Psalms in chapter 95. Jesus and, and God is worthy of our worship. And a lot of times we do this through enthusiasm. One very important point when it comes to being able to worship God is singing with enthusiasm or worshiping with enthusiasm. Has anyone ever heard someone sing and they knew that their heart wasn't in it? It, it happens often. Especially whenever it comes to, hey, 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 come up here and sing. And somebody grab you by the arm and you go up there and like Brother Randy said, you say, watermelon, 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 watermelon. That's what he told me to say when I didn't know the song the other day. And, and a lot of times whenever we begin to worship and we're not enthusiastic about what or who we're worshiping, other people can tell. And that can have a negative impact, especially when it comes to a worship service of God. And so one thing that that has to be included in true worship of God is enthusiasm. If he's not worthy of our enthusiasm, he's not worthy of our worship. They're one and the same. And I'm not saying that everyone's form of worship is jumping up and down and shouting hallelujah. That's the way we should feel. That's the way I should feel. And and I hate that, that that's not my form of worship. I may jump up and say hallelujah this Sunday just to wake everybody up. 
But God is worthy of that. God is worthy of us enthusiastically worshiping Him and not being quote-unquote forced to stand up and, and to sing to worship God. This is, should be something that we enjoy. Miss Tommy said something, and I hadn't been here but a week or two, and, and somebody had asked her to sing, and she said that, that years ago she made her mind up not to reject an opportunity to sing anymore, that if somebody asked her to sing, that she would do it. And, and she has, and she, she does a wonderful job, and she enthusiastically praises God with the gift that he has given her. And she don't turn it. She don't turn it down. She don't shy away from it. And, and several times in my life, I found myself shying away from worshiping God. Being able to worship gives us two things: it gives us a greater respect and reverence for God, and the other, it gives us a mission to get the Word of God out. Some of the greatest mission work that's, that's ever been done has been simply through music. And I'm a very gospel type of person. My wife grew up a little bit more contemporary than me. If y'all don't know who Skillet is, I'm going to introduce you. He is a Christian rapper. And he raps Christian music. And whenever I print out the lyrics and I read them, then I understand what they're saying. But whenever he's singing, I can't understand it at all. His mouth moves way too fast. But the lyrics are solid. The lyrics are worship songs. He just presents it in a different form. A lot of the singers today incorporate a lot of music, a lot of band, a lot of drums and guitars and whatnot into their music as part of worship. And, and it's not all good. Some of it is done for show, and that's, that's when it's done wrong. But whenever it's done to truly worship God, that, that type of music can reach out and grab people that sometimes victory in Jesus can't quite reach. In other ways, especially in Dollywood, we used to go up there in October for the week of the fair whenever they had their October singing and everybody was up there. And several times we went up there and I didn't ride. I went and I sat in the cool, it was October, it was 100 degrees. I sat in the cool auditorium and I listened to Gold City and Kingdom Airs and Legacy 5 and everybody who was up there. And that was my kind of music. That was worshiping God for me. And there were people in there holding their hands up and you could tell they were enthusiastic about it. And one of the greatest concerts that I ever saw, and I saw it on YouTube, I wasn't able to be there in person, but my grandparents went, and it was the Inspirations. And I don't, I have no idea who the little man was, but it was the little mini man that sings really, really high for the Inspirations. And Papa Aubrey always talked about him. They loved to go and see him. And he said that, that you could tell that that guy loved to worship God. Some people love to sing, to be heard. There's a lot of people like that. There's some famous people like that. They like to sing to be heard. If we sing because we want the recognition, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want people to think of us better, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want to stand in front of the church, then we're worshiping God wrong. But if we sing because we are enthusiastically praising our God and Savior, then we are worshiping God right. That is the point behind worshiping God. And, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but in Psalms in chapter 95, we're going to read verse 1 to 7. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise on the rock of, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, a king above all gods. It says here that he is worthy of our praise. It, it, he is. That's it. That, that, he is. I, I don't know how else to put it. God is worthy of our praise. And it says to make a joyful noise. It don't say that we got to be perfect. It don't say that we have to, to hit every single note because I don't hardly ever. And my wife elbows me every time I miss it. And, and some people who are more professional when it comes to hearing music can tell whenever that, the, that piano player hits the wrong key. And, and some people can catch that. I can't. But if we start nitpicking on that little bitty thing, then, then we're missing the joyful noise. If there's no joy in our worship, then we're missing half of our worship. Enthusiastically worshiping God requires joy. And sometimes we have to be reminded of what we're to be joyful about. Sometimes we have to be reminded of where our joy lies. It says, O come, verse number six, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart, worship God. In Psalms, we, and I'm just going to read them to you. I'm not going to turn and read for the sake of time. In Psalms, we read of different ways that we are to worship. In Psalm 95, it says that we are to bow down. In Psalm 105, it says that we are to seek God's face. In Psalm 33, it says that we are to wait for God. In Psalm 27, it says we are to dwell in his house 
with praise. In Psalm 134, here we go. The one that I never found, that I never saw, that I never thought about. It says we are to lift our hands in praise. I've still never done it because I was self-conscious standing in church whenever everybody else was lifting their hands. I've never done it before. It was something that was strange to me. That was weird to me. But Psalms tells us to lift our hands in praise. To lift our hands in praise toward God. Showing God reverence. Showing God respect. Showing God fear. In Psalm 47, verse number 1, it says, Shout to Him with praise. It don't say scream hallelujah all the time, but it says shout to God in praise. And sometimes we have to sing and worship God on our own. But to worship God as a congregation, to worship God as a people, means that we come together in one place at one time with one thing on our mind. And that is the kingdom work of God. And part of that includes praising Him. And in Psalm chapter 104, it says that we are to sing to God. And thank God that this church does an awful lot of that. Like Brother Ed said, we can get an hour done of singing in 30 minutes and then do a great job of it. The, the gifts that God has granted this church as far as singing goes and being able to lead singing is, is absolutely wonderful. But uh, we have to be very careful that we are worshiping God with enthusiasm. There was a song as I was studying I was listening to and, and I had to write it down. It's by Legacy 5 and it's called Ask Me Why. Uh, and it's a, it's a very neat song. It's a touching song if you go and listen to it. But the chorus goes like this. It says, ask me who and I'll tell you it's Jesus. Ask me how and I'll tell you it's the blood. Ask me where and I'll take you to Calvary. Ask me why and I'll tell you it's love. If somebody asks you why you're raising your hand to God, tell them it's because you love Him. Because He is worthy of our worship. If someone asks you why you shout hallelujah, tell them it's because you love God that much. And it is. But if you bring a rattlesnake in church, I'm leaving. It's not going to happen. But we can shout, we can, we can praise God, but I, but I don't do snakes. That, that's a, taking it a little bit too far from me. But we worship God enthusiastically. We worship God with a purpose. We worship God believing. Worship is not something that, that we always do. It is a mindset and it is an attitude that we have to have. We can show up to church, and, and I've, I've, all my life I've, I've shown up to church, and it seems like if you have a bad attitude when you go into church, you're going to have a bad attitude when you come out. But if you go into church, going through the doors of the church, you're to shed the outside problems. You're to leave them there. You're to give them to Jesus, and you're to come into the church to worship God. And you'll leave there feeling like a new man. It is absolutely wonderful what worshiping God, what singing to God, and, and even as, as a kid, whenever I'd have a bad day, we'd get a machete and we'd go chop down a path in the woods. I mean, we'd run through the woods and we cutting path. And we would sing gospel songs whenever we got in a bad mood and we would cut trees. And it was therapy. Oh, was it therapy? We worshiped God and, and whenever we came out, we was, we was a different person. And yes, it took a little bit of physical aggression to get that out, but it took a little bit of help from God too. And by the time we were finished, we were singing and we wasn't swinging anymore. By the time we were finished, we were singing to God and, and the physical aggression was gone. It was only praise and worship then. Singing on the lawnmower can take you from a, a place where you're down, where you're discouraged, to a place that you feel a little bit closer to God. Well, worship is extremely important where the Bible says we're two or more are gathered together. Worship is extremely important in that case, but we can worship God on our own. Worship must be a behavior. It must be an attitude. It must be something that is, is acted out. If we sit in a seat and uh, Brother Scott Justice said the other night in one of his sermons, he said, I don't mean to offend anybody because some of you in here like this. But if you're sitting in church with your hands crossed and you're looking at your watch every 10 minutes, then I'm afraid you're here for the wrong reason. And we are. If we sit in church and, and even if we can't sing to the right tune or, or there's a lot of songs that I can't get high enough that... that uh, we just got to wing it. But worshiping God don't mean that I get high enough. Worshiping God means that I have an attitude, that I have a behavior, that I have a, a, a that I worship God in spirit and in truth. I worship God with all of my heart. I worship God with everything that is within me. I worship God with all of the gifts that He has given me. I worship God with all of the, the problems that I may have. I worship God with everything that is within me, and God will accept that. And as long as we concentrate on Him, as long as we do it for Him, as long as we're sitting in church for Him, as long as we're singing for Him, as long as we're doing everything for the glory of God, then we are truly worshiping God. And I hope and pray that we can continue as a congregation, 
as a church family, as a people, to, to worship God in spirit and in truth each and every Sunday and, and Wednesday night, even if we don't have electricity, even if the, the crowd's a little slim, we can still worship God. We can still praise God. And so I appreciate the presence of each one this afternoon. I appreciate the effort that was put forth to, to make it to church. I understand that it is. we've been talking about faith on Wednesday nights, and tonight we're going to continue in that, and we're going to reach out and, and kind of stretch. Hey! Right on time. We're going to reach out and kind of stretch to exactly what, what faith is and, and kind of a, a different avenue when it comes to faith. Uh, whenever we talk about faith, we, we talk about having to have faith in prayer and having to have faith whenever we ask God for forgiveness. But a lot of times whenever we talk about worship, we don't talk about faith. Uh, and worship is something that is viewed in so many different directions that no two people are going to have the same exact view on it. If we went around the room, and I'm not going to do it, don't get nervous. If we went around the room and everybody got asked, what is worship to you? Every single person would answer something, and it was good while it lasted. Everybody would answer something a little bit different. Every, everybody has a different idea of worship whenever it comes down to worshiping God. Uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 10, get the flashlight back on. Read one verse in verse 31. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 31, the Bible says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So whenever it comes to worshiping God, that is no exception. Whenever we worship God, we're doing it for the glory of God. But we have to do it through faith. In order to do that, we have to believe in a God. We have to have faith in a God. We have to believe that, that we are reverence. And a definition that I found, and it wasn't in Webster's, but I think this definition kind of fit a little bit better. A definition that I found for worship says assigning a worth or value to something or someone. And then out of respect, gratitude, affection, devotion, and reverence, bowing one's life before that someone or something. Worship consists of several different things. Where I grew up in church, worship was showing up and like Brother Tim said, singing victory in Jesus and I'll fly away. Our song was Mansion Over the Hilltop every Sunday morning. Still, right now, uh, this coming up Sunday, I, I, I think that they're probably going to sing Mansion Over the Hilltop once again. I know that song by heart over and over and over again. Uh, but worship to, to me as a kid was showing up to church, sitting in a pew, and singing. Whenever I got to college, my mind was blown. Because worship at the First Baptist Church of Ruston's second service, which is their more contemporary service, there were people in there raising their hands up. And I'd never seen that before. And whenever I first saw somebody worshiping God and, and raising their hands, it totally and completely blew my mind. Because that was something that I had seen in an apostolic church that I went to. Pentecostal. Pentecostal. The, the apostolic chapel is where we went. And it was a Pentecostal church. And they had their hands raised. And that's the only place that I'd ever seen it done before we went to that, that church in Ruston. And so whenever I first went, it, it kind of threw me off. And it wasn't a week or two later in Bible study, Brother Justin Shipley, who's back up at Ruston now, he was a youth pastor there, he, uh, he talked about worship a little bit. And he said, the Bible says to raise your hands. And it blew my mind. I, I, I'd never thought about it before. I'd never read the verse in Psalms where the Bible says to raise your hands. Me and Emily went to a Chris Tomlin concert at the First Baptist Church of Covington a year or two ago, and people in there were raising their hands in worship. People were standing up. People were shouting Hallelujah. And in a backwoods missionary Baptist church that I grew up in, people didn't shout hallelujah in the service. But to some people, that is their form of worship. To others, being able to, to raise their hands and to physically show worship is their form of worship. Like I said, everybody's going to have one just a little bit differently. But all worship consists of a couple of things. And one of those we look at here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 10 is that we do it for one purpose. Everybody worships something. Everyone. If, if they're an agnostic, they worship something. If, if someone is an atheist, they worship something. If someone is a Catholic or a Pentecostal or, or a Baptist, everybody's going to worship something. At some point in our life, we, we may find ourselves worshiping multiple things. The kids that I teach in school worship athletes and singers and actors. And, and whenever I say that, they, they're like the definition said, they're bowing their life to that person. They are trying to mimic them. They are trying to do what they can to be like them. 
They are trying to, to put posters on their wall and, and listen to their music all the time because they are literally worshiping that person. So whenever it comes to us worshiping God, do we dive off into God as much as we dove off into Alan Jackson whenever we was kids? Or for some of y'all, it may have been the Beatles or Elvis or however old you may be. Do we dive off into worshiping God as much as we dive off into worshiping a contemporary music artist? Do we put posters up? Do we enjoy going to the house of God as much as we enjoy going to movies? It may be because we, we truly don't worship God the way that He commands us to. There are several parts to worship. And one of this is, is an outward showing of worship. And the Bible says that anything that we do, we're to do for God. We're to do it for Him, for, for that purpose. And that is because He is worthy of our worship. If He wasn't, we wouldn't worship Him. But he is. He's, he's given us everything we have. He's, he's given us above and beyond. He gave us every bit of 60 seconds of electricity just a minute ago just to get our composure before the lights went out again. He's took care of us all through umpteen dozen storms that we've been through, some of you more than mine. He's took care of us through personal storms. He took care of us through salvation whenever he sent his son, Jesus. He is worthy of our worship. Amen. Regardless of, of how we may try to wrap our mind around it, Jesus and, and God is worthy of our worship. And so the outward appearance in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to flip over and read it in the book of Psalms in chapter 95, Jesus and, and God is worthy of our worship. And a lot of times we do this through enthusiasm. One very important point when it comes to being able to worship God is singing with enthusiasm or worshiping with enthusiasm. Has anyone ever heard someone sing and they knew that their heart wasn't in it? It, it happens often. Especially whenever it comes to, hey, 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 come up here and sing. And somebody grab you by the arm and you go up there and like Brother Randy said, you say, watermelon, 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 watermelon. That's what he told me to say when I didn't know the song the other day. And, and a lot of times whenever we begin to worship and we're not enthusiastic about what or who we're worshiping, other people can tell. And that can have a negative impact, especially when it comes to a worship service of God. And so one thing that, that has to be included in true worship of God is enthusiasm. If he's not worthy of our enthusiasm, he's not worthy of our worship. They're one and the same. And I'm not saying that everyone's form of worship is jumping up and down and shouting hallelujah. Now, that's the way we should feel. That's the way I should feel. And, and I hate that, that that's not my form of worship. I may jump up and say hallelujah this Sunday just to wake everybody up. But God is worthy of that. God is worthy of us enthusiastically worshiping Him and not being, quote-unquote, forced to stand up and, and to sing to worship God. This is, should be something that we enjoy. Miss Tommy said something, and I hadn't been here but a week or two, and, and somebody had asked her to sing, and she said that, that years ago she made her mind up not to reject an opportunity to sing anymore, that if somebody asked her to sing, that she would do it. And, and she has, and she, she does a wonderful job, and she enthusiastically praises God with the gift that He has given her. And she don't turn it. She don't turn it down. She don't shy away from it. And, and several times in my life, I found myself shying away from worshiping God. Being able to worship gives us two things: it gives us a greater respect and reverence for God, and the other, it gives us a mission to get the word of God out. Some of the greatest mission work that's, that's ever been done has been simply through music. And I'm a very gospel type of person. My wife grew up a little bit more contemporary than me. If y'all don't know who Skillet is, I'm going to introduce you. He is a Christian rapper. And he raps Christian music. And whenever I print out the lyrics and I read them, then I understand what they're saying. But whenever he's singing, I can't understand it at all. His mouth moves way too fast. But the lyrics are solid. The lyrics are worship songs. He just presents it in a different form. A lot of the singers today incorporate a lot of music, a lot of band, a lot of drums and guitars and whatnot into their music as part of worship. And, and it's not all good. Some of it is done for show, and that's, that's when it's done wrong. But whenever it's done to truly worship God, that, that type of music can reach out and grab people that sometimes victory in Jesus can't quite reach. In other ways, especially in Dollywood, we used to go up there in October for the week of the fair whenever they had their October singing and everybody was up there. And several times we went up there and I didn't ride. I went and I sat in the cool, it was October, it was 100 degrees. I sat in the cool auditorium and I listened to Gold City and Kingdom Airs and Legacy 5 and everybody who was up there. And that was my kind of music. That was worshiping God for me. 
And there were people in there holding their hands up, and, and you could tell they were enthusiastic about it. And, and one of the greatest concerts that I ever saw, and I saw it on YouTube, I didn't, wasn't able to be there in person, but my grandparents went, and it was the Inspirations. And I don't, I have no idea who the little man was, but it was the little mini man that sings really, really high for the Inspirations. And Papa Aubrey always talked about him. They loved to go and see him. And he said that, that you could tell that that guy loved to worship God. Some people love to sing, to be heard. There's a lot of people like that. There's some famous people like that. They like to sing to be heard. If we sing because we want the recognition, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want people to think of us better, then we're worshiping God wrong. If we sing because we want to stand in front of the church, then we're worshiping God wrong. But if we sing because we are enthusiastically praising our God and Savior, then we are worshiping God right. That is the point behind worshiping God. And, and I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, but in Psalms in chapter 95, we're going to read verse 1 to 7. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise on the ro of, to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, a king above all gods. It says here that he is worthy of our praise. It, it, he is. That's it. That, that, he is. I, I don't know how else to put it. God is worthy of our praise. And it says to make a joyful noise. It don't say that we got to be perfect. It don't say that we have to, to hit every single note because I don't hardly ever. And my wife elbows me every time I miss it. And, and some people who are more professional when it comes to hearing music can tell whenever that, the, that piano player hits the wrong key. And, and some people can catch that. I can't. But if we start nitpicking on that little bitty thing, then, then we're missing the joyful noise. If there's no joy in our worship, then we're missing half of our worship. Enthusiastically worshiping God requires joy. And sometimes we have to be reminded of what we're to be joyful about. Sometimes we have to be reminded of where our joy lies. It says, O come, verse number six, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, worship God. In Psalms, that we, and I'm just going to read them to you. I'm not going to turn and read for the sake of time. In Psalms, we read of different ways that we are to worship. In Psalm 95, it says that we are to bow down. In Psalm 105, it says that we are to seek God's face. In Psalm 33, it says that we are to wait for God. In Psalm 27, it says we are to dwell in his house with praise. In Psalm 134, here we go. The one that I never found, that I never saw, that I never thought about, it says we are to lift our hands in praise. I've still never done it because I was self-conscious standing in church whenever everybody else was lifting their hands. I, I've never done it before. It was something that was strange to me. That was weird to me. But Psalms tells us to lift our hands in praise. To lift our hands in praise toward God. Showing God reverence. Showing God respect. Showing God fear. In Psalm 47, verse number 1, it says, Shout to Him with praise. It don't say scream hallelujah all the time, but it says shout to God in praise. And sometimes we have to sing and worship God on our own. But to worship God as a congregation, to worship God as a people, means that we come together in one place at one time with one thing on our mind. And that is the kingdom work of God. And part of that includes praising Him. And in Psalm chapter 104, it says that we are to sing to God. And thank God that this church does an awful lot of that. Like Brother Ed said, we can get an hour done of singing in 30 minutes and then do a great job of it. The, the gifts that God has granted this church as far as singing goes and being able to lead singing is, is absolutely wonderful. But uh, we have to be very careful that we are worshiping God with enthusiasm. There was a song as I was studying I was listening to and, and I had to write it down. It's by Legacy 5 and it's called Ask Me Why. Uh, and it's a, it's a very neat song. It's a touching song if you go and listen to it. But the chorus goes like this. It says, ask me who, and I'll tell you it's Jesus. Ask me how, and I'll tell you it's the blood. Ask me where, and I'll take you to Calvary. Ask me why, and I'll tell you it's love. If somebody asks you why you're raising your hand to God, tell them it's because you love Him, because He is worthy of our worship. If someone asks you why you shout hallelujah, tell them it's because you love God that much, and it is. But if you bring a rattlesnake in church, I'm leaving. It's not going to happen. But we can shout, we can, we can praise God, but I, but I don't do snakes. That, that's a, taking it a bit too far from me.
But we worship God enthusiastically. We worship God with a purpose. We worship God believing. Worship is not something that, that we always do. It is a mindset and it is an attitude that we have to have. We can show up to church and, and I've, I've, all my life I've, I've shown up to church and it seems like if you have a bad attitude when you go into church, you're going to have a bad attitude when you come out. But if you go into church, going through the doors of the church, you're to shed the outside problems. You're to leave them there. You're to give them to Jesus and you're to come into the church to worship God. And you'll leave there feeling like a new man. It is absolutely wonderful what worshiping God, what singing to God. And, and even as, as a kid, whenever I'd have a bad day, we'd get a machete and we'd go chop down a path in the woods. I mean, we'd run through the woods and we couldn't pass. And we would sing gospel songs whenever we got in a bad mood and we would cut trees. And it was therapy. Oh, was it therapy. We worshiped God and, and whenever we came out, we was, we was a different person. And yes, it took a little bit of physical aggression to get that out, but it took a little bit of help from God too. And by the time we were finished, we were singing and we wasn't swinging anymore. By the time we were finished, we were singing to God and, and the physical aggression was gone. It was only praise and worship then. Singing on the lawnmower can take you from a, a place where you're down, where you're discouraged, to a place that you feel a little bit closer to God. Well, worship is extremely important where the Bible says we're two or more are gathered together. Worship is extremely important in that case, but we can worship God on our own. Worship must be a behavior. It must be an attitude. It must be something that is, is acted out. If we sit in a seat and uh, Brother Scott Justice said the other night in one of his sermons, he said, I don't mean to offend anybody because some of you in here like this. But if you're sitting in church with your hands crossed and you're looking at your watch every 10 minutes, then I'm afraid you're here for the wrong reason. And we are. If we sit in church and, and even if we can't sing to the right tune or, or there's a lot of songs that I can't get high enough that... that uh, we just got to wing it. But worshiping God don't mean that I get high enough. Worshiping God means that I have an attitude, that I have a behavior, that I have a, a, a that I worship God in spirit and in truth. I worship God with all of my heart. I worship God with everything that is within me. I worship God with all of the gifts that He has given me. I worship God with all of the, the problems that I may have. I worship God with everything that is within me, and God will accept that. And as long as we concentrate on Him, as long as we do it for Him, as long as we're sitting in church for Him, as long as we're singing for Him, as long as we're doing everything for the glory of God, then we are truly worshiping God. And I hope and pray that we can continue as a congregation, as a church family, as a people, to, to worship God in spirit and in truth each and every Sunday and Wednesday night, even if we don't have electricity, even if the, the crowd's a little slim, we can still Worship God. We can still praise God. And so I appreciate the presence of each one this afternoon. I appreciate the effort that was put forth to, to make it to church. I understand that.